0: Hey everybody! Welcome. This is Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined as always by my charming and talented co-host, Mr. Lex Friedman. Hi, Dave. Hi, Lex. You look great today. Probably. I think you're right. And we're also joined today by Seamus Dever. Hi, Seamus. Hi. How's it
1: going? I uh, I did my hair, uh, but you guys can't see that, so I I feel like I look great too. I literally rolled out of bed and then got to the microphone. <laughs> the virtue of having this job, isn't it?
0: <laughs> my, my alarm went off and I'm like, oh, it's time to do this show. And so, I've, yeah. I've been up for
2: hours prepping for this show. Ah, that's, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so Seamus, tell the listeners who you are and what you do.
1: Uh, my name is Seamus Dever and I am uh, 36 years old, about to turn 37 tomorrow. And, oh wow. Uh, wow! Yeah, I'm I'm an actor, and I have been since I was about six. And uh, I act on a television show called Castle for the last five years, where I play Detective Kevin Ryan.
0: Well, two things: one, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and two, uh, huge Castle fan, and I, I'm pretty sure that a good chunk of our listeners will be too.
1: Nice, nice. That's good. Keep me, keep me, uh, keep my mortgage paid. That's that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> well i download them all illegally
0: so i don't know if that helps oh no, no you don't do that i'm
1: kidding i'm kidding i buy them on itunes like a like a normal person like a normal like a normal legal person like a good red-blooded american legal person that's good
2: that's
0: yeah good. not not even like you know watching them on tv with commercials i give actual money yeah yeah, yeah. that's love is what that is yeah
1: so so take that pirates <laughs> making up for all those the the bit torrents of the world the, I guess I guess we appreciate that I guess I see some of that money I have no idea I I think <laughs> I think I think Disney sees most of it and I I get like a couple cents here and there I don't know they always said that there was there was going to be one of those things that we fought over for years and and yet those I get those iTunes checks and I'm like oh really ooh $5 this is great <laughs> So I, I don't know how that's, it works. I don't know what the profit sharing plan is with uh, with iTunes.
2: What's the best way for us to watch it? Just watch it and then send you a couple of bucks in the mail each time. I'll
1: just watch it live. Um, I think that's the best way because that's that. And watch watch it live. Watch all the commercials and because
2: they <laughs> and on. buy all the products advertised in those commercials. TiVo the commercials. Watch them again.
1: Buy the Honda and uh, and and be very happy with your Zest soap. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the best thing you do to increase loyalty. I'm, I've learned a lot about the TV business since I've, I've been in here. We we have an older audience, so we tend to have really high overall viewership, um, but they're not, you know, the sexy eighteen to thirty four year old demo. Um, so we sort of get treated like we're not really that much of a success, even though you know we average like twelve and a half million viewers a week or something. It's crazy.
2: And I'll tell you. I think old people can be sexy too.
1: I think old people are sexy. I know a lot of sexy old people out there, and uh, they, <laughs> whoa, they. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How, how are we defining old? How old is old? Well, I think over. I think they define anything over thirty-four as old. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's that's according to legal law, or maybe it's forty-eight. I have no idea.
0: Because if we're talking about like
1: sexy octogenarians,
0: I might have to disagree.
1: They well, it, all those people who used to watch Matlock, they they gotta have a place to go. You know what I mean? That's right. We're a sexy outlet.
0: I think the people who used to watch
2: Matlock are mostly dead. <laughs> <laughs> Might be true. <laughs> Here's my question for you, though, because I was thinking about this. You know, when you uh, Castle has had a ton of guest stars um, from all over as well, and sometimes you must know these people from their work before you know them, before you know them personally from from meeting them. And so, like, for me, there are some actors who I I look at it as they must be so good that because of the roles they've played, I hate them. Like, for me, Penny Johnson on 24 was so evil and horrible that I just decided that she's either an incredible actress or a horrible person. I don't actually think she's a horrible person, but she just did such a nice job on 24 being horrible that I assume, well, she's got to be horrible.
1: Um, It's, you know, it's one of those things that you sort of go, okay, it's like I'm I'm a little afraid to, to talk to them. Um, at some of the, <laughs> we had, um, who did we have on uh, like a long time ago? We had Michael Ironside uh, on our show. I think it was like the third season. He was great, first of all. But I was a little scared to to talk to him because I was like, he's, he. I think he's going to, you know, I have all those memories from Top Gun. It was just him being such a hard ass, and then right. scanners making people's head explode. That I was like, I, I'm afraid to talk to this guy. But but he ended up. He was very nice and everything. But there was sort of yeah. There's a little bit of a carryover. But most of the time, it's just admiration because it's. I always look at it like it. I, I grew up watching a lot of television and a lot of cable. We had HBO. And so, I watched some movies over and over and over and over and over, so like um Innerspace was a movie that I had recorded, and I watched so often and Then you know Robert Picardo comes on our show um, he he guest stars from time to time on our show. he recurs as a uh, as a, a coroner and Robert Picardo, I just remember him as the cowboy from uh, from innerspace and it 's awesome because then. You're you're having this conversation and you're you kind of trying not to show that you're a fanboy because that that, that yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've learned that that turns so many people off. So I, I try not to show any excitement and maybe that's just sort of like a little casual in, uh, indifference that you know you 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 get a little jaded after time. But I don't want to put anyone off, so I, I sort of play it cool and like, oh yeah, so great to have you on the show. And inside, I'm I'm kind of geeking out. But then he he asks me for my autograph because it's like his. My daughter loves the show. This is her favorite show. Can I get a picture with you guys? And I'm like, oh my God, Robert Picardo wants that. So that brings it all around and you go, oh, this is this is a different experience. This is crazy. These, these people I grew up watching are now aware of my work. And So cool. How great is that? It's amazing. And Robert
0: Picardo, that guy's
2: been a small part of everything good. Yeah, <laughs> he really has, hasn't he? Do you feel like you still get starstruck? Because I know for me, I think of somebody like like you had Dan Castellaneta on a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And for me, I love everything connected to The Simpsons of all time. And so, and I know just what you mean. Like, you don't want to geek out and be like, oh, I just totally love you and I think you're wonderful. And then you worry that if you play it too cool that they're going to think you're being like overly cool and distant. So you have to find the sweet spot. Does, does just, this feel like a challenge? Uh, just pretend like you don't know how to pronounce their name.
1: <laughs> yeah, just end <laughs> a hum, You know, it's, here's what the thing is. is like I, I find that I don't want to necessarily Put anyone off. So yeah, but you, but you have to think about from the other side. If you just start going on and on and on about, um, about some damn show that, that you watched as a kid, and they probably don't even have uh, like any memory of that whatsoever, how are they going to reply to that? You know, they're going to go, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks. And that, that's as deep as the conversation is going to be, right? So like we had uh, we had Corbin Burnson on the show uh, a couple years ago, and I you know I grew up watching L. A. Law. I don't know why. Why would a kid watch L. A. Law? I have no idea. I don't think that, that was is the, a weird the, thing for a kid to watch. Yeah, I watched I watched a lot of TV. I watched a little bit of everything, but <laughs> but um, he a couple years ago when he was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he had this awesome improv line or this this line right. Um, and I I asked him about that. I said um, I said who came up with that line? Was that scripted? What was the deal? Because that that seemed awful fresh. Um, coming out of your mouth and it was right as it was his death line he said captain fucking fantastic and he and he and he fell off the bridge right and I said I spoilers said, I said tell me about that what what was that that seemed really fresh and he was like oh yeah I improv that on the day I was like oh that was brilliant so I'll ask him about their work I try to engage people about their work because you know I like something I always had rolling around in my head or like how long did it get in take to get into that and makeup or you know what was what was that day like when you shot that or Um a a buddy of mine who I worked with several times, guy named Carlos Gomez. Um I I did like three projects in a row with him and I was always asking him about Desperado. Um (laughs) he played, you know, the the henchman number one, basically. Um and he was great, but I kept asking about Desperado. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta stop talking about Desperado. And I'm like, the main shootout in Desperado, how, how many days did that take? And he's like, oh, well, we have an amazing DP, and it took us one day to film that whole thing. And I'm like, one day? So, you know, it's a lot about stuff like that, just stuff I've been curious because I, you know. Sure.
2: When you were talking about uh, watching L.A. Law as a kid, it got me thinking that I also watched weird shows as a kid. I don't know that we had HBO, uh, but we had um, we basically were allowed to watch whatever my parents were watching. Ah. And they were always in to anything with police and anything by Stephen Bochco, which meant, you know, shows like – I don't know, uh, uh, LA law or, uh, uh, NYPD blue, Hill street blues. But it also meant that we got to watch cop rock and (laughs) we did watch the entire initial run of cop rock until it was canceled. And I loved it for me. I was like, yes, I will watch any TV show that is musical based. And so if it's a musical TV show, I'm in. And I think that, uh, none of them work ever, (laughs) but I wish they did. It's so hard
0: to put on a music. I mean, that's, that's, a lot of effort that goes into putting on a musical. You can't do that every week.
1: It's, it's gotta be hard, right? Because here's, here's the conceit. Here's the central conceit of, of those shows. You have to be able to interweave music in a way that it's realistic. So like, let's say glee, by the way, I was in show choir as a kid and it's not like a glee at all. Big surprise there. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I have friends that are on Glee Uh, I know some of the writers on Glee they're very nice people I'm glad they keep getting renewed and keep going but it was nothing like that and so when you see an episode where where some girl's like here I gotta sing a song and and then she turns to the band in the choir room and she's like you know how it goes right here we go and you're like bullshit come on yes (laughs) Yeah, what well, world are you The living right in? answer
0: to "Do you know this song?" is everybody going. Hang on, they pull out their phones to look it up,
1: or or, or pulling out their sheet music. Because I was in band, I knew what it was like. I was like. Oh, hold on, let's get the um. Yeah, I think we did this like three weeks ago. That's more realistic. Right. And then like the band's like, okay, oh this, what was the rhythm we did? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Someone count us off. Okay, we'll try to. And then the first time through, it's really sloppy, and they can't even get any singing done. <laughs> of because, course, like, the band, it should be terrible. The rhythm right. section can't get their act together. You know. So usually, or should be like,
2: you know, actually, could you start that in a lower key for me, please? Like, yeah, yeah I'm that's, with that's you.
1: That's a little too high. My Favorite
2: thing about Glee is I read this, uh, I can't remember when I read this. It was, I think, probably still in the second season of the show, but... Uh, they were talking about the piano player who's been the, the main piano player throughout the series. And uh, he, he was reporting that he had been told that his one direction for the show was that he hates the kids. And when, <laughs> when you know that that's his one direction, that he that's, hates the kids, it makes the show work on a, a new level. And I love it. And level. he
0: would too because those kids are so fucking smug. <laughs> especially the okay hit it the song from three weeks ago thing because no band is that good unless you're unless you're like inquire with the roots with the tonight show band unless
1: unless you're with the tonight show band i did a a karaoke thing with the tonight show band and the fact that they all just pulled out a song that that me and my partner sort of requested and we're like we're going to sing this and on the first go they had it i'm like holy shit this is the tonight show band um, so unless they're like that, yeah, they're not going to be, and, and okay, so these kids are in high school and they're not professionals. And like some kid is like, yeah, I just learned to play the bass last year. You know, he's like, this is not going to work. <laughs> oh man. So they're perfect pitch and they're, yeah, nobody's that good. Yeah. So you, you, you know, to watch that show, you have to have go in there with it. As, as my friend Nathan Fillion says, you can't, you can't start pulling the threads of the sweater too hard because then the whole thing unravels. So yeah, you have to, you have to sort of go, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> but works. there's
2: there's
0: examples of this done really well. The uh, the musical episode of Buffy was put together really well. That was possibly the best episode of that show's run. Uh-huh.
1: I never I never saw it. I was I, um, I didn't even if you do not watch the show. No, I didn't have TV for like like ten years because I was in school and stuff like that, and so I didn't catch. And Buffy was sort of crossed over. And then when I was out here, I didn't have a television for like five or six years. So.
0: Um, I'm uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Yeah, so you're I, running out of excuses.
1: A lot of catch up. Yeah. I need to. Te- it's time. Up. I'm just catching up on Breaking Bad right now, so I, I feel like I I can I can I can conceivably have a conversation with someone about the zeitgeist of cable television now. Um, now that I'm almost caught up on Breaking Bad, for God's sake. So yeah.
0: I I went through uh, last week finally because I'm not into like Lord of the Rings or any of that fantasy stuff, but I kept hearing about Game of Thrones, and yeah. finally I got bored and I needed to watch something because I was just trying to take a little break. And I decided to watch an episode, and three days later, I found I'd gone through the entire three-season run. Yeah, it, it
1: goes quickly, doesn't it? TV, TV got really good. Yeah, TV did get really good. You know, and that's a good thing for everyone. That's sort of like all the all the tides have raised, and everyone is forced to kind of keep up their game because it's, you know, Cable, the Emmys. The Emmys, are they should call the Cable Ace Awards because that's what they are now. um you know the network shows don't get nominated very seldom i don't think there was any network dramas that got nominated for best drama this year uh it's just the way it is you know hbo has this amazing emmy program um where they have an entire department dedicated to emmy promotions. so um how are you going to compete against that like i i don't even know if we got submitted i have no idea but you, you can't compete with with these shows that just have these huge budgets and a lot of them, you know, take three weeks to film an episode, and we do it in eight days. So, you know, it. Right. But, but it has forced us to raise our game. You know, I think it's sort of like sink or swim with a lot of the network shows. You, you have to have compelling stories. So the writing's gotten better. So the cinematography's gotten better. If you, if you take like, it's funny sometimes you look on TV and you'll you'll pick up an old show like TJ Hooker or something like that and you'll watch it and you go, Oh my God. TV was so primitive, and and you know being on the inside, I can tell how long it took to film a scene. And also, Shatner. Oh yeah, well he's actually not bad when you look at it. He's he does a thing, and he's but he's engaged, and you can tell he's you know working quickly and committing to something very quickly. So there, there's a, there's a, oh I'm not there's a talent there. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not poking at the guy. He's incredibly. I'm a big Shatner fan. I don't know necessarily
0: about tj hooker but like uh <laughs> did you hear he put out he put out a record in uh 2004 2005
1: with ben Folds. So has been yeah yeah ben
0: Folds wrote most so of it. good Absolutely. way better than that record should
1: have been way better than you would have guessed a william shatner album could be well i was a fan of the transformed man uh in college and my my roommates <laughs> and i we uh we would like to uh we would sit around and listen to the transformed man and uh his mr tambourine man was particularly frightening um because we would do a thing at the very end where he he screams Mr. Tambourine Man. Have you ever heard it? you ever heard that recorded? I don't think oh, I've yeah. ever heard it all the way
0: through, but I have heard it. Well,
1: he did this crazy thing where he was like, okay, I'm going to do a monologue, and then we're going to segue into a song where I'm going to do a spoken word version of a song. So I think he does a speech from Cyrano de Bergerac, I believe, um, and then segues into Mr. Tambourine Man uh, by Bob Dylan. And so he at the very end he he's like he's like and he talks about it, he's like, it's a drug song. Mr. Tambourine Man is a, he's a he's a drug dealer. He comes to the neighborhood. And and he, he comes to him and says, like, Mr. Hey, Mr. Tambourine man, I'm not sleepy and there is no where I'm going to. <laughs> and, and you know at the very end, in the very end he's like he's like Mr. Tambourine Man, like he's having a fit. Like he's copping um, uh, some drugs. Like he's like a a junkie. And he's like, he needs needs his fix. And he's like, and he screams, Mr. Tambourine Man. Almost like he's screaming (laughs) uh, Khan in The the Wrath of Khan. It's that same sort of committed, desperate scream. And so we would like to jack up the volume when we'd um, dub um, mixtapes for Friends. We'd jack up the volume (laughs) at the very end of that. And so people would go, holy crap. And they'd like rip off their earphones. Uh, <laughs> There's but, a
0: guy you do not want to take to karaoke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's brilliant. It's, it's amazing. But but you're right. I did like what he did with Ben Folds because there were some original songs there, and and I I love Ben Folds and Ben Folds right size. exactly. And so the the and, songs were just. Uh, Pretty damn amazing, especially the one when he's to talking to his daughter. I, it's really meaningful. Yeah. like, holy crap.
2: I totally agreed. I love that song. I love that whole album, Has Been. But what I want to know is who told William Shatner that he can't sing? Because he has clearly decided that he can't sing. And on all of his albums, he does the spoken word thing. And he speaks these songs out. But even if he doesn't have a great voice, I'm sure he is capable of even if he can't hit a note, I'm sure he is capable of making his voice do the thing the voices do when you're singing and I would like yeah, to hear him do that one. I'd like in to
1: hear at least, at least to make that effort. Maybe it's early childhood trauma and right. like someone told him that he couldn't sing, so you better just speak it out. Or maybe he was a fan of like Richard Burton when he did Camelot and like just spoke saying everything. We live in the age where it doesn't matter though anymore. It doesn't matter if you can sing.
0: Look at, uh, look at like teen pop. Look at Glee. You don't have to be able to sing to be on that show. You just go, you, you sort of sing and they'll fix it with computers.
1: I accidentally caught, uh, I don't know how I actually got to watch MTV a couple weeks ago, uh, where it was actually nothing but videos. Um, I don't know what Whoa. station that was on. It was rare. I was like, wait a minute. Was it mean, Twilight Zone station? It might have been. It, I think the it might Fringe been, Universe MTV. It might right. have been MTV2. Remember when MTV2 was like like the Fringe stuff, like the alternative it was like the only place you could see Radiohead videos yeah. being played? Well, now MTV2 has been taken over with what MTV used to be. And so I, I watched a lot of like Selena Gomez um, videos just to sort of go, huh, that's, that's what they're doing now. And this sort of... <laughs> dead behind your eyes look that she sort of looks out into the into the world and she's just very pretty nothing really dynamic with her voice and everything's just overproduced and i don't know there's so much pop music and i feel like some like an old person like it's all manufactured i can see the puppeteer pulling the strings you know but it's like i don't i think people are treated like products now rather than necessarily talent you know and i know there are some talented people out there but you see a lot of pop music it's just like okay yeah. Okay. Strip away all that. Okay. Do that live. I, I pay to see that. Go do that live and we'll see how dynamic you're, a singer. You really are.
0: Dynamic is exactly the right word. You look at these performances and okay. I get fixing pitch with computers. I'm yeah. a musician. And when I'm doing my own vocal stuff, I will go in and I will tweak things. If there's a performance that I feel good about, but I wasn't quite on key, I'll tweak it with computers. I'm I'm not ashamed of that, yeah. but that's so much of that is because you can either do it or you can't. And it's not – I don't think that singing is just about pitch. It's got to be about what you're putting into the performance. And yeah. I listen to pop music now and it's these people who – you're right. There's there's no uh, – it's not dynamic. It's not soulful. It is very dead behind the eyes. And it, <laughs> seems like they're, it seems like they're bored and they're just kind of doing this because that was what their agent told them to do, not because they have a love or a passion or a fire for it.
1: All right, like it's, a, it's an assignment. I mean, there, there's some singer-songwriters out there that you're sort of going, okay, they're they're still doing it and they're doing interesting stuff. But yeah, a lot of the pop music is just like, okay, what can we get a tie-in? You know, can we get a? How do we how do we find a new revenue stream for this person? You know,
0: right, right. We need to keep your name out there, and you're between movies. Seth. Yeah. What?
1: You, have you ever sung before? Okay, well you will now. We'll figure that we'll out. Stick we'll, in a booth. Yeah, it'll be great. Some producer who's yeah, 50 years old will write about partying. you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this probably isn't it. a
0: fair comparison, but I was uh, – I saw a thing with uh, – I forget his name, the McLovin guy. He was talking about um, doing the new Kick-Ass movie, uh-huh. and he was saying that they uh, – he was really excited for all the things he got to do because they brought in an acting coach for him. <laughs> and I had to wonder, like the stuff I've, I've seen him in, it seems like he kind of just plays the same character and everything. Yeah. So, and so for them to bring in an acting coach – and again, this is, probably isn't a fair comparison, but the idea of you wound up doing something, now you have to get good at it.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like those people like myself who spent years in school and have a couple master's degrees dedicated to what I'm actually doing for a living. Um, y- 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 I have a lot of friends that they would get really pissed and mad about that sort of thing and you have to let it go at some point because you go, okay, well, this person may have talent and they just... Might have jumped into the world of like I'm actually going to do this for a living rather than well, I'm going to go spend a couple years studying, you know. So it's like okay, well, I, 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 you can get really mad at it, but those those examples keep popping up. I think they're more of the the norm than the exception. Yeah,
0: and that's that's kind of my concern. We, uh, I won't begrudge anybody that because I'm one of those people. I what I do for a living, I didn't go to school for it. I just kind of started doing it, and right. it's turned out great. I don't think that any one of these people in in show business on, on any facet is doing something bad i think that it's the overall trend of taking anyone and sticking them to fill these roles rather than looking for real talent i think that's i guess
1: disappointing yeah yeah i, I it could be it doesn't seem meritorious necessarily right it doesn't seem like it rewards somebody who's who's uh who spent years trying to figure this out and perfect the craft and everything but You know, there are exceptions that you see, and then you go, okay, well, I'm glad that person has made it and everything. So yeah, it's it's one of those things that it would drive you nuts, I think, if you focused on it too much, because they're they're both...
0: However you get there, I just want you to love what you do. I just want to know that the thing that you're doing, the thing that I'm watching you do, I want to know that you're as excited
1: about it as you
2: could possibly be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because they're the people you go, well, I'm going to do this for a few years, and then we'll see what happens. And you go, what? What? Right. <laughs> right,
2: and see, I, I think about that, especially with people who do, um, you know, a really short stint, say, as a as an actor on SNL. Oh, I and, hate those and they're like, you know, now I want to jump, like when they're leaving on the road, not because Lauren Michaels said goodbye, but when they're leaving, <laughs> like you know, now I want to go do my movie career. It's like, I mean, you, you have like one of the best jobs now. How are you going to give it up so quickly? It pains me. It's like you should, or, you know, and I, I understand that I, I haven't had a job acting on a series for, say, a decade, but when you hear actors who are like, well, you know, it's going into the eighth year of the series, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to some new challenges instead. And it's like I understand that, but many people do take on a job and do that job for out you know thirty something years, oh, and yeah. it's okay. You should be loving this, and so that's the thing that frosts me. I get frustrated when they when people don't love it. Like I would love to do that. You should be loving what you're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I my best part of my job is that I get to work with and here we're, I'm talking about my job. I'm not supposed to be talking about my job, but I'm going to talk vaguely about my job. What How we do that? is we
2: edit it all out in post using computers. It's fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: just get rid of all the job talk. No That's job right. talk. You
2: will be perfectly in key too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> good, good. I, uh, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things that like you, the longer, like I've never had a job this long. I've never ever had a job this long. Like any job. I've gotten fired from a lot of jobs. Um, <laughs> and I've, and Me I've, too. And it, it's, it's a great feeling, isn't it? It's very liberating. Um, and I've been killed off a lot of shows, you know, so it's like you have a job and you're sort of fired, but you're not. Um, you're like, oh, well, we just decided to go a different way with the writing. And you're like, oh, so that means killing me. So that means I get to go home. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> but, but like the idea of doing, playing a character for years and years and years. Imagine someone like Kelsey Grammer. You know what I mean? He played Frasier for 18 years. Right. Oh my God, that's, that's crazy. Like, it, so for like an actor who's like, I I'm used to playing, you know, I do, I'll do a, a, a play and I'll do it for five or six months, you know, and that'll be the longest I'll ever play a single character, you know? Um, but actually playing a single character now for five years is, it's crazy to the mind. And I pretty much do the same thing every single day. So yeah, you want new challenges. You, I mean, mostly what that is, is the actor saying like, I want the writing to change. Um, (laughs) I want, I want them to throw something new at me, a different challenge that I I won't be just doing the same thing that I'm very good at on the show.
0: You've got a good perspective there because to me, when I hear an actor say like, uh, Jason Siegel was talking about how I met your mother Mm -hmm. and whether or not he'd stay on with the show and he, he wound up staying, but he had talked about not feeling like his character had anything to do. And what I hear when he says that, and I'm a big fan of the guy, but what I hear when he says that is I want to go do something to be more famous.
1: Oh, well, you know, I think it's more like I I wish we would break out and do something unexpected, but that's not network television. You know, that's cable television. (laughs) You can't just explode a show. It's like all of a sudden I want – Jason Segel wants wants to divorce his wife on the show, and he's just the single guy again. Like, okay, well, there's a lot of people who would probably say, we like your relationship. We like you guys, you know, being settled, and I think they're like in a house in the suburbs, and, you know, we we don't want you to be the single guy anymore. We want to – show the challenges of being a dad and those sorts of things, right? So, you know, it's it's sort of like, okay, but, you know, we can just shake everything up. We can make this an Etch-A-Sketch and we'll just shake the goddamn thing apart and then all of a sudden we'll do something different. And you can't do that on network TV because that means new sets that you have to build. That means... Uh, a loyalty, a, a certain of your audience that you're going to just totally alienate by, you know, him breaking up with his wife or something, you know, or, or if my character decided that he didn't want to be a cop anymore. Well, you know, we can't really show that anymore. The show's about cops solving <laughs> murders. So it's like, okay. No, what I want is the HBO
0: version where your character like murders one of the other characters mm. and like, then you're on the run and you spend a season trying to hunt you down as the villain. See, Actually, I want that on How I Met Your Mother too. I, yeah, I want Marshall to murder
1: Lily, and then he yes. goes on the run with Ted. <laughs> and then, and then, the, and then the next season will be like like they're in jail, and they're learning to like the whole thing will be about them in jail and just learning how to survive on the inside now, and now that they have a life sentence and sort of the progress, he becomes like a gang leader, some sort of white supremacist uh, group, you know? So, and then <laughs> twist ending the, the lawyer
0: gets murdered and is replaced by a new lawyer who turns out to be the mother. So it all gets tied up. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: it's all just wraps it together. It's, it's amazing how they can be do writing it. for TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, so, so you, you can do that on, on cable, you know, well, they'll just blow up a show and totally move it to somewhere else and kill off all the other characters and keep one guy, you know, but, But you can't you can't do that. You alienate your audience. You know, if your audience tunes in and they they go, what the hell happened to my favorite show? Um, Then you're not going to survive for very long. I think it's it's a there's a comfortability uh, with with network TV that you have to sort of. And and the frustrating thing is you're getting paid very well um, and get to have a regular job. uh, But but it's also that you're like all this this drive that you had to get you to this point where you have a job like this. You, you're supposed to just sort of turn off the spigot, you know, and sort of say, yeah. say, like, well, I'm fine doing this the rest of my life. And you go, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> and
0: and the, the divide between network and cable, it might be that, that it, it has so much to do with that sponsor relationship. Yeah. And speaking of sponsor relationships, Lex,
2: why don't we take a break to acknowledge this episode's fine, fine sponsors? That was Agreed. a damn fine segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, first up, Dave, is Hover. A new sponsor to the show.
0: I genuinely don't know what this is, and I'm super excited to hear about it.
2: Uh, Well, I I was super excited to start working with them because I have been moving all of my uh, my websites from my old host to uh, to a new one. I'm actually to, to former sponsor Mac Mini Colo, and I was realizing I got to get my domains all in one place because right now my domains are registered all over the place. So Hover is a domain name registrar. H- oh, really? Hover believes that everyone should be able to take control of their online identity with their own domain name, and they make it easy. So they've got .net .co .com motherfucker. God, they've got man. .net .co .com .tv .country codes and just about anything else domain names. So uh, they've got – they take all the hassle and friction out of owning and managing domain names. I- I've registered domains all over the place. I'm sure you have too. Many of our listeners likely have. I've, I've got all my
0: domains registered in one place, but it's kind of an embarrassing place, and I'd like to get that squared away.
2: Most of these uh, places – most domain name registrars have horribly shitty websites. <laughs> and yes, Hovers is very lovely. It is made by people who realize that you care about life and want to enjoy yours. Uh, so they make it <laughs> – uh, they, they offer they say, this is what they told me to say they offer smart easy to use friction free and powerful domain name management tools now that's true I had to do a bunch of transfers and a lot of times if you go to register a domain or transfer a domain you start and it's like it's four cents to do this registration and then as you go they're like by the way you need this mandatory option which is an oxymoron and this add-on and here's this upsell and by the end it's like $47 Hover doesn't do anything yeah because you got to get like the uh, the anonymous right. thing so that your address doesn't show up exactly Hover does none of that upselling they you There's no heavy-handed upselling or uh, aggressive cross-selling. They don't do that stuff. They don't hide functionality or make you pay extra for things that should be included like who is privacy and subdomains and URL forwarding. So uh, it's, here's what's really cool. <laughs> they also have this custom valet service and i can talk about this custom valet service because i used it first of all you call them up and there is their is there is no hold and no wait and no transfer phone support so you call and a person answers uh the number by the way is 866-731-6556 they're open mondays to fridays 8 p.m 8 a.m to 8 p.m and a live person who i talk to i'm like here's the domains i want to transfer and they're like we'll take care of it for you and so they went into my old registrar and they set the things up there and they went into their system and did theirs i didn't have do anything except tell somebody over the phone what domains i want to transfer and then they just did it by magic and it was awesome uh hover is a part of two cows which has been around since 1994 it's one of the largest domain name registrars in the world and i uh, remember those guys you're going to go to hover.com slash unprofessional and folks who go to hover.com slash unprofessional save 10 percent. just saying Man, i love it
0: i love it when the sponsors give us a promo code i love when people get cheap stuff that's
2: right I don't mean cheap in quality. I mean, I love when our listeners get a good deal. Right. I love that. It's awesome. And so as soon as you go to hover.com slash unprofessional, it's going to redirect you right back to hover.com. You're like, wait, did I do something wrong? But you'll see there's a little bar that says promotional code unprofessional activated. You'll be good to go. It's going to be wonderful.
0: Sounds great. I'm going to have to do this because... uh I don't want to say which registrar I've been using, but um, I will say that they're... uh, It's the um, elephant in the
2: room, the the dead murdered elephant in the room.
0: (laughs) The uh, murdered elephants and uh, misogyny is kind of their thing.
2: Yeah, which would be a great episode title.
0: (laughs) The other sponsor... We've got other wonderful, fine sponsor today is an iPhone game, an iOS game called Optia. Optia is a beautiful and intuitive puzzle game for iOS about reflecting light. It looks simple at first. each puzzle starts with a laser, and one or more targets are arranged on a hex grid, you not a lex pl- grid, but close right not not pod hexing <laughs> yeah uh, <the> <laughs> one or one or more targets are arranged on a hex grid you need to you need to place the mirrors on the grid so that when you fire the laser, the beam passes through all of the targets and that that sounds really simple but when you look at a hex grid trying to get a beam of light to hit one of these mirrors then bounce to another mirror
2: it's uh it's, it can be a little bit tricky to and it's on. one of those puzzle games you know because you and i both played it a bit now where you start and you're like well this is kind of ridiculously easy but you realize they're just sucking you in with a couple of training levels basically and then all of a sudden it's like super complicated you got to figure out wait i gotta angle this one just right and bounce it off this other mirror and it's it gets intense pretty quick
0: yeah, one of my favorite things about puzzle games, and I'm a big puzzle game fan, especially things... This kind of reminds me of uh, like a tower defense game without the tower defense. You're just, <laughs> you're just kind of shooting at things. So if, if you like the shooting at things part of a tower defense game, this might be for you. But th- my favorite thing about puzzle games is the way that the good ones will start off making you feel like you're you're the master of the game. And before you know it, you're sucked in because you're angry about how how you haven't won this level on the first try. Right. So Optia's mechanics, they stay simple, but there's a huge amount of depth and a variety to the puzzles. As you advance through the 100 levels of the main campaign, new types of solutions requiring clever and unexpected new ways of configuring your mirrors will start to emerge. After 90 levels, you'll still be discovering surprises, new dynamics you never thought existed. And when you've solved enough puzzles, a level editor will unlock for free, letting you create and upload your own levels. You'll also have access to over 1,000 levels created by other players all sorted by difficulty and rating.
2: Well, this Uh, app sounds like it's got to cost $57. Well, it would would be
0: $56.99 if that were the case. This is the App Store, remember. But no, no. Optia costs only just $2.99. And it's a universal app, so you only buy it once, but you get to play it at full resolution on any iOS device. Uh, there's no in-app purchases, no coin packs to buy, no ads, just beautiful polish and complete puzzle game. That's Bravo. a big deal. Games, games love to sit in that top grossing uh, category because they do that. It's a 99-cent game and there's a thousand things you have to buy just to make the game worthwhile or, or usable. They're not pulling any of that crap.
2: Just a game. You just buy it and you own a beautiful, unencumbered game. You know what you should do? You should go buy this game just because they're being
0: good people. That's right. We now where can I this. see
2: where can I see screenshots in a demo video? Man, it's it's like you know what I'm going to say next. <laughs> to to see
0: screenshots and a demo video, go to Optia.co. That's dot C-O, or search for Optia on the App Store.
2: I'm going to do both of those things. And if I search for it in the App Store, is it still Optia?
0: Uh, yes, yes. And uh, my note here says, please spell out Optia, which I almost said out loud,
2: <laughs> but I didn't. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> All right, well, thank you to Optia at Optia.co and to Hover, hover.com slash unprofessional. Two great new sponsors. Love them both.
0: They pair well because while you're uh, waiting for the Hover people to go and magically get your domain sorted
2: out, you could play some Optia and kill some time. Yeah, it's a pretty good idea. I just love, though, you call up Hover and they answer the phone instantly. It's amazing.
0: There's, there's no, like, dickhead wait through a system press buttons thing? No, no. It's rings and there's a human on the other end. I couldn't How- believe it. That would freak me out. I don't even think I get that when I call you. (laughs) Well, I've got assistance with assistance. Swimming in assistance with their own condominiums. We should
2: get back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Mercifully. (laughs) But I have another thing I want to talk about, shifting gears a little bit. Yeah uh i do we have we employ a crack research team of me using wikipedia and i learned yeah. that uh you and i believe your wife who's also on castle uh, are vegetarians is that right yes yes we are
1: we are we're vegetarians uh
2: i uh i want to know why because uh, there's different reasons <laughs> that people do vegetarianism explain yourself. yourself and i want to know are you like is it a, a moral grounds is it a health thing like what's what's your take on vegetarianism Lex Friedman demands answers. I need to know now.
1: Tell me why you don't eat meat. Um, I it's totally moral grounds. I mean, it's totally uh, a moral decision that I made. I'm actually uh, it's uh, my 10th year anniversary. I think in August uh, of oh, being wow. a vegetarian. So, um, it's one of those things that I oh um I my I grew up uh, in a vegetarian house. My dad uh, has been a vegetarian since the late 60s. So for me, the concept of someone being a vegetarian wasn't like, you know, an alien landing in your home who uh, demands <laughs> salads every meal. Um, for me, it was more like, oh, you could do this. You could survive. And, you know, I saw I see the things my, my dad eats and they he, he still loves his bean and cheese burritos and his, uh, his cheese pizzas with mushrooms and. Um, sort of one of those things that I was like, oh, okay, you can do this. It's not, it doesn't have to be. I mean, yeah, I, I loved the, the taste of meat. Um, I, I, I still smell. Sometimes I'll drive down certain streets and I'll, I'll smell that sort of charbroiled burger like, like coming off the grill yeah. somewhere and I'll be like, and like, oh man. Or the worst is like they, they have these clubs here in LA um, and late at night on Saturday they do this drunk food thing where they'll just, they're these dudes who just cook on like hibachi's. And it's just it's just like hot dogs wrapped in bacon, and that that smell with onions on the side, and so that that smell just sort of broadcasts out to everybody who comes out of the club who might be slightly tipsy and and wanna or very tipsy and wants to just eat like five of those things, and you can smell that and you go, mm, God, that smells really good, and so it, it wasn't even a matter of the taste. I know a lot of people do that, you know, become vegetarian because of the, the texture, and they can't imagine those things in their mouth and. But but for me, it was like I, I sort of came to a point. I read the book Fast Food Nation, um, and prior to that, you know, there's a place on, on the freeway, on the five freeway as you head up north if you're going up to, like, Sacramento or San Francisco, and um, you, you pass this farm that's just freaking huge, and it's just miles and miles and miles of cows, and it smells terrible, and it's awful, and it keeps going. And I remember driving past that the first time, when I moved out to um, to LA, and and I was just like, oh my God, all these animals are going to die. Um, they're just going to be killed. All these thousands and thousands of cows, they're just going to be murdered. And I, I felt really terrible about that. So psychically, I was sort of like, you know what? I bet I can do something about this. And you know, then years later, reading Fast Food Nation, I uh, I was like, wow, this, this is just terrible. All the way that these, these people are treated, and people are getting sick, and E. Coli, and all the migrant workers that get abused for this and have limbs chopped off because you know the, the processing goes so quickly. And I said, you know, this is a machine that I don't necessarily need to be a part of. And so I sort of made a decision that I don't want anything to die for me to live. Um, and that's really where the moral choice came from. I
2: can hear Alexa's
1: mouth watering from here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what I was thinking. I was thinking that I think if I were better at eating fruits and vegetables – uh, that I would probably be a vegetarian because what I do now instead is I eat meat and I feel bad about it. Um, ah,
1: guilt, immediate guilt. <laughs> right.
2: That doesn't that doesn't slow me down. It doesn't. It doesn't stop me from you know taking seconds or whatever. But it you know so but that's that's my approach is that i eat and that i feel bad about it and my kids i i have 3 and my my older one is usually uh for a while let me let me step back for a while the kids think about chicken and chicken as two different things so there's the chicken the animal and then there's the chicken that they eat and that's they how i work Right, and they don't think of them as being the same thing at all. Or you know, they were learning the song under the sea from the Little Mermaid, and she was like, "But he's acting like the fish in the sea are the same <laughs> as the fish that we eat." That's crazy. That's insane. And we, when they were younger, I didn't dive into it. So now my six-year-old, I think one day could end up being a vegetarian, although she'll also need to eat more vegetables first, and that's fine if that's what she wants to do. But for me, it's, I have literally seen a therapist and a hypnotist in an effort to be less pathetic about eating vegetables That's i have weird. like five vegetables that i can eat willingly right now and I, I would need to grow that number before i could ever give up meat
1: gotcha i mean it requires there it requires a little bit of, of adventurousness in uh, in in going out and sort of saying like oh this is a daikon radish oh what's that i've never had that before Ooh, quinoa <laughs> Ooh, chia seed, you know, and all this stuff. Just, just take a trip to Whole Foods. I think is what it is. I and will the, eat
2: quinoa. And the, what I've what done t- is I've, um, I've, I've uh, gone to guard. What do they call them? The, the outdoor, uh, the gr- food market, farm, farmers market. Farmers that's markets. the word. Yeah. I've go to farmers markets, and that's where I try new foods. That's where I learned I like strawberries when I was like in my twenties. <laughs>
0: See, I want to be a vegetarian, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> like, that, that sounds ridiculous. But like, I, I forget that things are meat. Like, I'll, I'll go to a one of these trendy hamburger places. I'm like, Uh, Oh, I'm going to go for the vegetarian option. I'll have the Turkey burger. (laughs) I'll be like, wait a minute. That's not shit. (laughs) What am I still an animal?
1: Well, there's this thing in America where it's crazy. It's like, and I don't know if this comes from people being in the depression um, and then like passing this on to their kids and then passing on to our generation where it was just like, if there's not meat in a meal, it's not a meal. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you have I, to
0: have the protein
1: and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There I mean, has to be something like, well, how are you going to get grown? Just eating, you know, potatoes. And, and that. it's like, well, well, you know, who says that eating potatoes is any damn good for you in the first place? You know, what I mean, it's like, okay, okay. Uh, why don't we have something balanced and eat some beans? And why don't we do something like that? And it, that's not hard. And people existed on these, these diets for, for, for thousands of years. And yet we're acting like, it's like, well, unless I have some cow in there and you know, I think it so I think it's a reaction of like for so many years people ate poor. You ate But now we're but in this cycle of
0: it. There's like yeah. the fast food culture. Every fast food value meal is built around the meat item, and then the starch item, and then your sugar-heavy drink. Yeah. Or you go like buy uh, pre-packaged meals even at the grocery store, and it's always like the same thing. It's like burger and fries, or meat and potatoes of some kind.
2: Yeah. Now here's here's the deep question that I have, and I I think this has the potential to sound obnoxious, and I really do not mean it to at all. I'm genuinely I hope it does concerning <laughs> about it. Think, generally thinking about it. You have built it up. I'm excited. Good. So. Everywhere, the other animals in the animal kingdom eat meat, and we don't think, boy, that lion is such a dick for eating the gazelle or whatever (laughs) it is. And so I feel like, you know, we've evolved. And and we have more self awareness than the rest of the animal kingdom, I suppose. But how come it's okay for the other animals to do it, but not for us to do it? What do why do they get you know why do they get a, Why are they still allowed to have burgers just really well, raw think and fresh versions?
0: You're you're right in that we have evolved to be meat eaters. We have binocular vision. We are predators. There's all of that, but we've also developed morality and the sense of self to not want to kill everything around us.
1: Yeah, I think it's evolution, right? I mean, look at what we did to the megafauna. And we go, hey, look at this big fucker. He's he's huge. Why don't we just take this mastodon down and we'll just eat um ah, just the good parts and we'll leave the rest, you know? So like, I think, I think for thousands of years, people, they, they behaved like that and they were like, we'll take that thing down. And now we don't have any megafauna left, you know, uh, it's, it's a result of that same sort of thing. Look what we did to the Buffalo, you know, yeah. the, the, and it's just, it's just a case of, yes, we, we evolved to a certain point um, where we don't have to kill everything in order to live and, and. I, I get, yeah, the point and the arguments about, you know, the protein intake allowed us to be taller and, and our brains to grow and smarter. But I think it all, all those things happen to a point to allow us to have the intelligence to evolve beyond that and to be able to survive without necessarily, uh, killing things. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the, in the animal kingdom, they do it, but they don't, it's instinct. They don't have a, a higher majority. And the problem is, is that like, I think, like your daughter, uh, the, the separation of awareness of where that food comes from, that people go, okay, well, this is not the same food. But then you go to a petting farm a petting zoo, take a kid to a petting zoo, and then they're petting the same thing. You're like, hmm, lamb shanks. You know, you're like, oh, it's so <laughs> it's so soft and cuddly. Oh, and look at its eyes, and they sense a little bit of intelligence. You know, wh- why do we make it that some animals are the cute animals, and some animals are the animals that are destined for food? My beagle is very cute. And I sense a modicum of intelligence in my beagle, but I'm not going to murder my beagle and go, okay, well, I can eat this, you know, like they do with dogs in, in certain places like China. It's insane. You know, so like, they like, they pet their dogs and they're like, well, yeah, but this is going to be food. So how do you separate those two things? And I think it, it requires a certain level of maybe callousness or ignorance to sort of say that, um, that like, okay, but yeah, don't get too close. Cause, uh, you know, this one's going to be on the table. So
0: I've said on this show before, and I'm going to stand by it. I will not eat my dog. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm committing to that statement. I and I I like that. But I, I will say, I mean I, I totally get where you're coming from, Seamus, in the in the sense that I, I think when people fr- – if you are if you are a willing meat eater and you go like, well, I can't believe that they eat dog or I would eat- never eat rabbit, I don't get that. I mean I don't want to eat willing? dog and I'm not going to. But I'm saying if you're a willing meat eater, if you're yeah. somebody who eats hamburgers and chicken, what do you, I don't uh, get why people are like – as opposed to somebody – like I, I make my kid eat chicken right now even though she would rather not eat okay. that. But she would also okay. like not to eat What about
1: parents? horse? What about horse? People are like, oh, horses are such majestic animals. And we're like the only country that considers it weird that we don't eat horses. You know right I mean? where
2: it's the news because horse meat shows up in the meat yeah. supply. Like, well, well, that was horse... a big thing
0: in Europe too,
1: and Mexico um, too. No, go to those places and you'll get horse meat. You know, it's sort of like, well, oh, but horses are a friend and they show such intelligence. You know, it's like, yeah, and they're good to eat too. So, like, well, the, the, divide, the, the thing
0: though? in Europe was like, uh, where was it? Like maybe Dutch beef or something that was. Well, they wanted to more... know that they were buying horse. They didn't right, want to I don't, I don't oh. think that it was they were offended by a horse necessarily. Although I've Tesco, you know, traveling around Europe, go... traveling around Europe, I've never been offered horse meat. So I don't think it's a big thing to eat over there.
1: Well, yeah, you probably have eaten horse meat um, if you've traveled in Europe and uh, didn't know. Oh God! So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) well, I will say, Dave and I I have to go kill myself. (laughs) Dave and I were in Australia uh, doing a show over there, and when I walked through uh, a meat market, and they were selling kangaroo meat, and I was like, and I had pet a kangaroo literally the same day, and I was looking at it, and I was like. So what does it taste like? And I was actually walking with uh, a pair of vegetarians at the time, and the guy behind the counter was like, "Well, it's stringy, and it tastes kind of sour." And I'm like, "Nope, I don't need to try kangaroo. That You're doing horrible. nothing. That You're doing horrible. nothing to make me want to eat this." So that was good. I think I'm glad that I didn't eat the kangaroo, uh, especially knowing that it didn't taste good. And they
1: put it on shirts, and they're proud of that damn kangaroo, and then they eat it. You know, you so like, so like, wait, I, I guess we should be harvesting bald eagles. <laughs> um, at that point, if we sort of consider it like part of our national identity, like, well, we can eat our national identity. Great thing. They my good meat, too, if you're stuck in the bush for a while. You know, and you're just like, that was good. you're like, I, I, okay. You are
0: what you eat. We want to absorb the majestic qualities of the bald eagle.
1: Yeah. Mm, I'm going to take it in like a very Native American thing. It's sort of like, mm, now, it's, now it's good qualities are part of me. Except for
0: that whole, uh, you know, endangered species
1: thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> the fact that they eat kangaroo makes me hopping mad. Dude. You're welcome, America. <laughs> Lex well joke.
1: Well done. I, I wanted to bring up this subject. So, okay, you know, uh, so they just named the, the new prince of, uh, of, of England, right? Um, oh, my so, God, yeah. So why were people surprised at that? There was a one in seven shot that that kid's name was going to be George. Come on. Like, like, know your history. They're not going to just call him Alfred. They're not going to call him um, uh, Winchester or some sort of thing, or Baxter or something like that. They're not going to go crazy. It's either going to be like, Richard or William or George or Charles or James or, or Edward. That's it. You got a one in seven shot. So I, don't I know was hoping
0: I for a stereotypical white baby name. Like I figured they'd go like full on American style. Like name it Aiden Hunter
1: something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Madison. Yeah, if it was a yes. girl. Yes.
2: Yeah. I just, I just don't get giving the kid three first names in a row. That's the thing that's weird to me. George Alexander Louis or Lewis,
1: whichever they're saying. I, Louis. Uh, that's the part that I don't get.
0: It's, it's not like he's going to have so much to do in his
1: life that he's not going to be able to keep track of his names. Yeah, I think someone's always going to constantly remind him what his name is. I think probably several times a day.
2: <laughs> George Alexander Lewis, go to your room.
1: <laughs> and then he beheads you for mispronouncing Louis. Right, right, right. How dare you. Who knows if I'm he's American. ever he's knows like everyone's living so long. I don't know if these people like what's it what's it gonna be like when Charles is king? King you know, King Charles. He's gonna be like eighty. Um, and his mother, his mother who like lived longer than any monarch in history. Seriously. It's going to be like, okay, I get like three years as king. I do miss the drama. I mean,
2: not that we were alive for it, but
1: I, I wish we could go back
2: to the drama and intrigue of, you know, which descendant to the crown is going to kill the person above him to get to that line sooner. Like, can you imagine if Queen Elizabeth II was constantly on guard that one of her kids was going to kill her? Yes. To the throne? That would be this is This
0: is what I want. This is that HBO thing again. Game of Thrones. I would be so into this if they were murdering each other. Are you Surper. like a poisoner, someone. Right. You know? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And royalty, isn't that what castles all about? <laughs> right. I, wa- Indeed. <laughs>
0: I want. I want like Prince Charles, like you know, killing other monarchs
1: or other royals. Yeah, just to consolidate people- his, his rightful heir to the throne. Yeah, I want the, the War of Roses. Yeah, we, we want that. Yes. <laughs> What happened to those days, the good old days? Ah, oh, we're so civilized now. I, I think that I think that the, the there's a lot of those people that are loyalists to the throne and everything, but they're they're they know that they have to be really traditional because if they do anything to get people upset, people go, wait a minute, why do we need royals anyway? They don't really do anything. They're sort of just figureheads. They don't pass laws, they they cut ribbons and they show up to things and they they they, you know, hit bottles against ships, but like, really, what do they do? So I think they're very careful about behaving, not doing stupid things and everything that people would go, you know what? These royals are obnoxious. Let's get them out of (laughs) here.
2: If I lived in England, though, it would just make me crazy because now they have got nothing... They've got no reason to be the monarchs other than their bloodlines, and so it just would fill me with this insane, jealous rage. Like, I, if I had been born into their family, I would be rich and set for life. So I think that part, I feel like I could never totally get behind the monarchy, even if they were my queen or king or whatever, because it's just it's the unfairness of it all really bothers me. There's no merit going on anymore.
1: No, no, yeah, it's just sort of those, uh, the, the divine right of whatever, of uh, your family being the, the one that could usurp or kill um, to get your <laughs> family in <right. and> power, <laughs> just like Game of Thrones. Even the, countries,
0: even the countries still left on the planet that are kind of uh, backwards and maybe left a little bit in the Dark Ages, I gotta be really careful not to name any of them, <laughs> uh, but even, even countries like that, we still don't see this kind of
1: intrigue, it's like all the worst parts of the Dark Ages, but none of the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, we don't get any of the big explosions or any of those sorts of things. Yeah, ah, the intrigue. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a funny it's a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah. I'm a king. Really, what do you do? Um, I, <laughs> Not much. I, I opened a shopping mall the other day. Um, so it's like those are your days are filled with those activities. Kind of like being a, a senator, I guess. I guess, yeah, they don't really do anything, do they? I think both have that that same thing. What do senators do? sit around and argue.
2: Although I will say that unlike some actors I know, the senators seem to be happy to stay in their jobs forever and ever, even if nothing ever changes. They
1: want to stay in those jobs forever and ever. Get get in and stay there. And Kevin Spacey says something like
2: that on... uh, On House of Cards, he talks about how there's some people who want the money and some people want the power, but the power pays more dividends. He says it much better than that. But Mm, mm, mm. the senators know what they're doing. That's all I'm
1: saying. (laughs) Maybe Maybe some of those guys are just looking for steady work. Just keep getting elected. Keep feeding your family. Just keep going, stay in power, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They don't really seem to pass laws, so I have no idea. I think it wasn't there some report the other day that like Congress isn't like an all time low. Like it has like a disapproval rating of like 83% or something crazy. Yeah, it's just, right. like, ridiculous.
0: Oh, and they've
2: gotten less done than ever. Yeah. It's great.
1: I would just like, if, if you're a member of Congress, you just feel I, I can imagine, you know, the ones who actually believe in trying to do something just being terribly frustrated at just how everything's so old boy establishment like okay and it's so take? stagnant yeah maybe
0: maybe uh this whole uh royal baby thing could be good here in maybe 30 years or so they uh he takes over and uh maybe we go to war with
2: england again and shake shit up <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i think that i say we place. go to war with him
2: now right now he's easy to beat <laughs> preemptively yeah this is the time to attack that baby <laughs> <laughs>